I bought in the wrong location. I bought a mountain home. It was outside the city limits. And not that that's bad, but I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, it had 19 steps to the deck. And so, you know, my, I immediately cut my exit strategy. You know, most people that buy mountain homes, you know, like that are retirees. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times we showed the house and somebody would make it halfway up the steps and they would just go, nope, this, this isn't the house for me. And they turn around and leave. They never even made it in. What a year 2020 was. Um, 2021 is here and I hope you're hitting the ground running. I know we are here at Dwelling. We've just got a deal on the contract. We're going to be closing on soon. Um, for those that have joined us on that deal, um, you know what I'm talking about. If you are saying, what am I talking about? Then you need to take your investing game to the next level in this year. So make sure you join the dwelling deal list, it's an exclusive deal list. Um, not only do you get access to our deals quickly, but you also get tips and tricks about you know how you can take your, your investing game to the next level this year. So if you are not on the dwelling deal list, click on the link in the show notes or just go to dwelling.com. Um, that's D-W-E-L-L-Y-N-N.com or just go to investwithola.com and just sign up, sign up, sign up, sign up. Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got Whitney with us today. Hey, Whitney, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Thanks for having me on. No, it's my absolute pleasure. We we're just talking before um, we started running the cameras here, but we know each other a little bit. We've been in our conferences together. We never got to meet in person, but really excited to have you on the show today. It's my pleasure. Yeah, it's always great. Like when you're like, I know you. <laughs> right right I know you. It's yeah you have those connections no that's awesome that's awesome i mean it's it's a small world um so yeah i'm glad you come on so yeah definitely for our, you know our listeners tell them a little bit more about who you are what you've been doing and kind of what you've been up to lately actually well so i'm a real estate investor in case you couldn't figure that one out from being on the show <laughs> um but yeah so i invest uh you know primarily in you know, i have a couple prongs to my investing portfolio i invest in small single family and small multifamily, um just kind of the base part of my portfolio and then i also participate in uh the active side of real estate syndication and also drink my own kool-aid i invest as a limited partner as well I was just taking some notes. Okay, that's a lot. I like that. I like that a lot. So you kind of like, you know, up and down the ladder in terms of asset class, single family, multifamily. So I think a good way for us to kind of tie all this together is just give us a story of kind of how you got started, right, in the real estate investing game. And actually, more importantly, why did you get started in real estate? Well, you know, it was entirely by accident. <laughs> the why came to me. I didn't have a very strong why when I first started out investing. So, um, you know, we go back to 2002. Trust me, I'll keep the story short. Um, but I, you know, bought a house with a significant other in about a month after we closed. Um, you know, the relationship fell apart. It was a house, we had strategically bought um, a house that needed some love, you know, so we could force the equity. That, that part we kind of had. Um, but once, you know, the relationship dissolved and he moved out, here I was, I was like, oh my goodness, I've got this house. I have these bills. I don't know what to do. I don't even, I mean, I, I knew how to change the tire on my car, but like, you know, replace flooring and, re, you know, uh, hang kitchen cabinets. I had no, no clue. 
So, um, you know, I stuffed the property full of roommates um, who didn't mind living in construction zones. So I, I guess the term now these days is house hacking. And then I went to Home Depot and I bought the Home Depot 123 book. I mean, we didn't really have YouTube at that point in time. And I uh, just started teaching myself, you know, some of the things that you needed to do to repair a house. Um, you know, had some success, had some failures. <laughs> and all that learned I learned some important lessons I never will do drywall again and I will never touch my own plumbing um they, those both are can be great disasters um but fast forward 11 months later I had I made $52,000 when I sold the property actually that was probably my mistake selling the property we can go into that here in a minute and um but I had been actually not paying for my housing bill and, and in fact making $300 a month and I just thought it was the coolest thing since sliced bread and real estate was amazing. I was like, how many more of these projects could I possibly do? Um, and my next project, you know, fell flat on my face. Um, you know, uh, you know, well, the end, by the end of the second project, I had broken even, I didn't completely lose money. Um, but you know, uh, let's just say it ended with a school bus falling into the roof of the property. Anyways, by this wow. time I met my husband, <laughs> I, that whole story needs to happen over like a, a nice strong beverage. But um, anyways, but I had met my husband and he was like, oh, great. You're finally done with real estate. I'm like, no, no, no. I got to figure it out. And, you know, I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to get the next property. And he just thought it was crazy. Um, and, you know, fast forward a couple of years, we did a couple more live-in flips. And then that's when we realized we wanted cash flow. So we got into buy and hold rentals. And then, you know, uh, I think like it was a very much of a glide path. We built up a portfolio of 30 single family homes. Um, some of them turnkey, some of them buy and hold just straight off the MLS. And then other, most of those were rehab or what you call a burr property. So we were really able to accelerate our portfolio growth by just recycling the same capital over and over again. And sat down with my husband one day and said, hey, we got enough passive income coming in. I would love to take time back uh, to spend with our daughter. She was really young. And he said, I want that too. I'm like, oh, nuts. <laughs> we hadn't planned for it. Um, so I quickly did the math in my head, meaning we needed to get to 80 properties. Now I'm like, we need to do it to go about this a different way. So that's when we transitioned into multifamily investing. And, you know, in the process of putting together our own multifamily team, um, you know, did a couple of active projects that way. That's when we discovered the power of passive investing and just how could we harness the equity and cash flow out of our current portfolio to continue to build passive wealth. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I mean, kind of the ups and downs and how you came out on top. Really, really um, commend you on that. Just, I mean, I can just imagine you going to Home Depot, buying these things and actually just doing the work, like just the sheer determination. I think that's, no, honestly, that's like super inspiring, um, you know. So, yeah, I just love that story. But I, I, I kind of want to go back to some of the things that you said. Um, so you, you sold that property and you said that was a big mistake. I'm guessing you tell us why. Um, and then you said you broke even on the second property. Most people would have just stopped right there. I mean, they could have stopped at the very first property. What kept you going on? And you want to talk a little bit about, you know, why you felt like you made a mistake selling that first property. I think I know the answer, but I want you to talk. I want you to say it. <laughs> You want me to admit it live? Okay, I get it. Um, well, I, you know, I think part of it is, you know, a lot of this goes back to my mindset. You know, I grew up in a um, military family, you know, my, um, you know, 
majority of my family was in the Air Force. Um, and then I had one uncle that was in, you know, the armed forces. And so, you know, there, there was lessons in learning, there was no failure, you know, so I think even just kind of having that mentality and then I, you know, I'm not 100% executing like that every single day, like I have to continue to, you know, cultivate that and condition that. So um, I've always been trained to ask the question, if something goes wrong, it's like, oh, how can I make this? How can I make it through? Um, you know, maybe I don't, you know, maybe I didn't continue buying houses, but like, how can I make it through and just not become, you know, you know, you know, let life happen to me? Well, so the mistake I, you know, I, you said, you called me out. Like I said, I selling that first house was a mistake. I should have kept it as a rental. I should, I didn't know that I should have refinanced out and pulled my yes. capital to go buy the second property. That was, that was a huge mistake. I could have accessed that same $52,000, maybe not all of the D2K, but majority of it, I could have moved out, stuffed another tenant in there and, you know, moved on to the second property. So I didn't know that, um, you know, at, uh, bigger pockets wasn't around to tell me that was the strategy that we should be following. Right. Um, so, you know, thank goodness now that you know there's so much education out there about that. Um, and then you know, in the second property, I think that was a little bit of me just being kind of mm, uh, not knowing what I didn't know, but thinking that I all had it figured out. You know, I I bought in the wrong location. I bought a mountain home uh, that was outside the city limits, you know, and, and not that that's bad, but I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, it had 19 steps to the deck. And so, you know, my, I immediately cut my exit strategy. You know, most people that buy mountain homes, you know, like that are retirees. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times we showed the house and somebody would make it halfway up the steps and they would just go, nope, this, this isn't the house for me. And they turn around and leave. They've never even made it in side the door. Um, so just, you know, not knowing what I, you know, should have known in getting into real estate investing. Um, but yeah, you know, ended up breaking even after holding the house. Um, you know, I did do a few things right. You know, um, still had roommates on that property. Again, you know, was able to buy low and force equity on the sale. So I still wow. did, did a few things right, but it did not <laughs> go, didn't go like how I planned it. I, I was expecting to walk away with another 50 to 75K and that did not happen. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you, you come, you, you know, you kind of continue, you know, in your journey and you didn't just stop there. But I think the other thing with real estate is I think it's forgiving, right? You know, if you hold on a little bit longer, I think it's forgiving. And that's also another thing we don't talk about a lot in real estate. It is quite forgiving. So I'm, I'm glad you still broke even. I know, you know, I think that's, um, you know, you know, what I work with investors, you know, beginning investors, and you know, there's a lot of fear setting and that you have to do when you first get into real estate. And part of that is mindset driven. The other part is just really mitigating that bottom side risk or the downside risk. And, and, you know, here it was just like, if, if I had to leave, I, I could have left and I knew I could rent that property nightly. I had at least had that much you know, knowledge about that. I'm like, I could have run it nightly, weekly, or yearly. And so, you know, I think, um, you know, as you said, real estate is forgiving, but I think part of that is just understanding how can you, how can you mitigate risk and just kind of, you know, be like, if this is the worst situation, I'm okay. Right. right. Like, right. You know, I, I have a couple of people right now that have um, vacancies throughout the winter and they're freaking out. I'm like, okay, how much is your payment? You're like $700 a month. I'm like, times, how many months do you think it'll be vacant? And they're like, maybe four months, worst case scenario. I'm like, okay, 
go to sleep. That's twenty eight hundred dollars. Right. 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 I'm like, why are we stressing? Yeah. <laughs> You'll make that up in a year. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So you, you, you know, after that, then you, you've just continued to uh, buying, you know, like you said, single family resident buying holds, you had about 30 and then you were like, uh, I think we should need to like do this a little bit differently. Right. So when you had that thought of going into, you know, <laughs> into apartment investing, what did you actually do from a tactical perspective and the reason i asked that is if there's somebody listening to our conversation and maybe they're at that stage or maybe they want to skip that stage what would you say to that person to do first um making that transition from single family into like multifamily. correct yeah you know, i think you have to be really understanding of what your time involvement is um and you know what kind of strategy that you want to do. Like, I think you have to go back and reprioritize your goals. Like, what is it? So if we start back at the beginning, do you need cash flow appreciation, balance, blend of both? Do you, what kind of time involvement do you have? Do you want to be active? Do you want to be passive or somewhere in between? Um, and then, you know, then we get down into the tactical part, like selecting markets and figuring out if that particular strategy is in that market. Now you could go you know, getting into multifamily, I think some people have a perception, like you need to go buy a 10, 15, 30, you know, 50 unit building to be considered a multifamily investor. No, multifamily can be as simple as a duplex. So maybe you reposition a couple of the, you know, properties in your portfolio and into a duplex and then the next one into a quad and then the next one into an aplex. You can still continue to take a gliding path that way and scale very quickly. Okay. Some people just want to rip the bandaid off and they're like, I want to go buy like, you know, you know, raise $20 million and go buy like 150 unit building. And you can definitely do that too. You're just going to need more, uh, a, a larger track record. And if you don't have it, borrow it, you know, you know, by working with other investors. And then, you know, you're, of course, you're going to have to set up a larger business to be able to raise the capital to succeed at that. Yeah, I love it. And, and I kind of like the way you got started. So maybe let's just kind of talk about your very fast. So you've done you know, really well in the single family space, you made that shift, you got the right partners. So just kind of talk through your very first large deal. Like, how did you find it? How, you know, what was your involvement? Just kind of talk us through the deal. If you have the numbers too, you can throw those in there. Yeah. So I actually, um, so, you know, we built up the, the portfolio of 30 single family homes. And at that point in time, we're making the transition into multifamily real estate. And I actually had a couple of syndications in my, um, self-directed IRA. We can argue all day long to do investment syndications in IRA, you know. Um, but anyways, they were there and I'm sitting here trying to put together my team and evaluate numbers. And I keep looking over at these syndications and what they're returning. I'm like, man, this is amazing. Like I'm doing, I'm not able to really beat this, what they're giving me. And you know, I, I was just like, how can I, how can I take advantage of that? Because that was very time leverage. So I actually started out um, as a limited partner in syndication before I got into the active side. So I was like, okay, I want to get paid to learn. <laughs> I don't want to pay to learn. Now that's not a strategy for everybody. I think at some point in time, you need to, you know, invest in yourself and mentorship, you know, in order to, you know, make this transition very smooth. But for me, I was like, how can I get paid to learn? So I sought out the best operators that I possibly could. And, um, you know, because we had built up this base portfolio, we actually did qualify as accredited investors. So I had, you know, um, I had that in my back pocket. And you certainly don't have to be an accredited investor for this strategy to work. And 
So I went and uh, partnered, you know, invested in a couple of syndications, like four different syndications, four different operators. And I wanted to know everything I possibly could about the operators, the markets, the deals, and really dive in. And one of those operators actually needed, they were expanding their business and they started hiring people. And I ran into uh, the two partners that I work with currently, Annie uh, Dickerson and Julie Lamb, at a conference in the women's bathroom line. Really weird. <laughs> and they're great. I, I, they've both been on the podcast, you know, both yeah. Julie and Anne. They're awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, you know, the, the uh, partnership is Good Egg Investments, LLC. And uh, funny enough, we, uh, the, most of these conferences that we go to, real estate conferences are very male dominated. So the women's line of the bathroom is very short. You usually figure out who all 15 or 20 women are at the conference very quickly. Um, and so you just are able to network, you know, you know, you know, pretty, pretty quickly and build up those relationships. And so um, that's really how I got started on the general partnership side was, uh, you know, working with them. Since then, I have backed into kind of filling out that missing middle in my portfolio. And, you know, we haven't bought, um, we did buy one um, JV deal, a 51 unit building in Beach Grove, Indiana. Um, that one we repositioned, you know, two years ago. Um, but currently, you know, we offer on portfolios of properties, you know, duplexes, quads in Kansas City, Missouri. And our last offer, still out right now, was a $1.5 million, 40, or excuse me, 20 unit deal in Kansas City. This are just like great, um, you know, conversation that we can keep going on and on, but we're definitely dwelling into the quick rounds. These are going to be quick questions, quick answer. You ready, Ma? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. First question. What makes Whitney unique? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or the next girl? Ooh, you know, great question. I think, you know, for me, it's just, um, you know, the, the mindset shift of like, you know, how can I, how can I make this a win-win? I'm always trying to look through the lens of any deal, um, even when I'm buying from a distressed seller, like how can I make this a win-win? It's not all about the money, right? It's, um, you know, I want to build lasting relationships and partnerships with people. So win-win, I would say all the way. I love it. I love it. Second question, what was the last book that you read and what was the one thing you picked up from that book? Oh my gosh, I just finished The Happiness Advantage and that book, have you read that? I know, I've read The Happiness Hypothesis, that's where oh, I, yeah. I'm sure there's probably some similar, you know, connections yeah. between the books, but you know, it's really, you know, I think, um, and I run into this with new newer investors. Um, you know, they 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 they're think they're framing life that like if I hit this cash flow number, then I can be happy, then I can live life. And it's really how can you live life by intention and seek happiness first? Because if you are already happy, I'm not saying you have to be content. Very different, right? But if you already find joy and happiness with where you are at life, any progression you make is just. It's a bonus yeah yeah huge yeah. bonus so you know that that's uh uh you know we've already been living those principles in our in our family in our life but that was just such an amazing book to have it you know kind of reinforced yeah no i've got to check that out yeah because the happiness hypothesis is one of my favorite books of, of all time she's an amazing read but i'll definitely check that that out yeah yeah last question like you said you've got your family you know you're you're busy with you know your your passive investments your active investments you know but what do you do for fun when i when i'm not injured i'm actually injured right now i'm like oh 
stabbing in the heart. Um, no, actually, I love trail running and mountain biking uh, and climbing. Uh, we go camping. You know, last year during COVID, we went camping. I think 30 days throughout the summer. Um, so um, we just love spending the time outdoors. But you know, trail trail running and running like high altitude half mar marathons is kind of my my shtick. That's what I love doing. Wow, wow, yeah. I, I try to run, um, you know, most days, but it's so cold right now. So I just walk, um, you know, in the afternoons when the, the temperature drops a little bit. Yeah, and yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We were morning. talking before the show. Thirty. I'll, I will take zero degrees and sunny in Colorado any day of the week over thirty-five and yeah. like humidity in Houston. No it way. is. It, yeah. It's it's a unique it's a unique place. Um, so if there's anybody maybe they in in Denver market or anywhere in the country and they're like, oh wow. I, I want to connect with Whitney. What's the best place people can reach out to you, get to know you more? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a website, ashwealth.com. So A-S-H-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. You can also reach me at ashwealthco uh, for Colorado at gmail.com. And so you can reach me, reach out to me there. And I would love to talk to anybody if you're thinking about starting and getting into single family or small multifamily investing. And then, uh, you know, you can also find me at Good Egg Investments if you want to talk more about uh, larger syndicated deals. Whitney, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time today. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're very welcome. It was such a pleasure. Thanks for having me on.